and welcome to the Riff Raff podcast, hosted by Amy Baker and Rosie Edwards. We set up the Riff Raff to champion the work of debut authors and to provide guidance and support for those dreaming of one day being published themselves. Today we're talking to Charlene Alcott, author of The Reinvention of Mark Ross. We discuss how to build a character through their relationships, portraying a real version of motherhood, and how to be accountable for your writing and get that book done. I think it's appropriate to begin at the end. People say it's best to start at the beginning, but I've never been a believer. I'm loyal to endings. I skip to the final page of every book I read. The end is where the truth is, and the end starts when Jacqueline opens the door. I've never seen Jacqueline looking anything less than glamorous, and even with sleep still clinging to her eyes and a silk robe replacing her starched navy shift dress, she looks like an off-duty Marilyn Monroe. I feel inadequate in my Workwear 101 outfit of black t-shirt, black trousers and flats. Martha, she says carefully, are you okay? Jacqueline says things like, are you okay, when what she really means is, what the fuck are you doing at my house at 8.30 in the morning? That's why I need her. Jacqueline is my therapist. She asks me in. Asks is a strong word. She makes a gesture close to a shrug and steps to one side. I can't afford the luxury of socially acceptable behaviour, so I go through. Jacqueline ushers me past her magnolia-coloured therapy room and into a light, open-plan kitchen. I know this is her way of saying this is not official, but I don't mind because I've always wanted to see what goes on behind the velvet rope. I spend 40% of every session with Jacqueline wondering who Jacqueline actually is, what she does at weekends, if she does Pilates, if she still has sex with her husband, if her husband is in fact a wife. I am not disappointed. The room looks like something from the pages of Home and Gardens. I am transfixed by a huge chart and print three-seater. I have always fantasised about having a kitchen large enough to house a sofa. I take a few moments to imagine a sofa kitchen life but then Alexander wanders into the fantasy with his bare feet and his ripped diesel jeans and I remember why I'm there. I need you to tell me to split up with Alexander, I say. Hi Charlene and welcome to the Riff Raff podcast. We are so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, For our listeners who have yet to read your debut novel, The Reinvention of Martha Ross, could you tell us what it's about? Okay, the novel is about... Martha, who wakes up one day and realises how unhappy her marriage is. And it starts from her making the decision to leave the relationship and charts the very chaotic weeks following that and how she chooses to cope with her breakup. And one of the things she does is snatches onto the hope of a new romantic interest and that's an is it okay to say it's an online thing yeah yes it's okay it's okay it's okay to say that <laughs> because i want to ask you a little bit more about kind of like online dating which mm-hmm. features quite heavily but we'll come on to that um do you want to go oh yeah well, I, I mean we're we'll both so polite <laughs> um well so let's let's talk about martha to start off with she's such a like fun joyous like um, like you know interesting heroine and so did she did she come to you fully formed or like did you how did you find the voice of your of your heroine um martha and i were having a similar experience <laughs> i started writing this uh 
when my marriage broke up and I th- I think the novel is my greatest thing to come out of procrastination because basically <laughs> I was in my spare room not knowing how I was going to move forward life and I thought I know I'll write a book that's a really good thing to do <laughs> when you should be setting up a new life and so a lot of Martha comes from the emotions I was feeling at that time and I really wanted to capture someone who is struggling but really optimistic because I think that's who I am and who I want to hear about. People who are maybe not doing that well but really hope that something good is going to come out of these terrible things that are happening and I like that she's messy because so many books feature women who they might have one or two problems but basically they're cute and they've got it together she is that friend who we all have who you just want to grab by the shoulders and shake and be like you're all right what are you doing (laughs) get it together so (laughs) she's so brilliant for that as well and at the beginning I think it's okay so it's because it's quite near the beginning she goes on a night out with her two best friends yeah. and there is a man there's a man involved it is one of the best sex scenes I think I've ever read it's just <laughs> I I just read it and thought that is every not everyone in my sexual <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me say that but I've we've all been there and you'll say right about the messiness but she's not it's not difficult to read her how yeah. did you get that balance between portraying her as kind of you know because her life has fallen apart so how did you get that balance between portraying the messiness but also keeping her together enough to be a solid character to lead a book um I think through the different relationships in the book you get to see different sides of her I feel like it's really a book about friendship because the relationships with her girlfriends you get to see the different shades of her in the romance states she's yeah a bit of a mess and a bit kind of needs to grow up in that emotional sense but with her friends you I think you see a more authentic side of her and then again with her with them because her mother is in it as well and that is just such a brilliant dynamic you've created between them we'll come on to that (laughs) um there's so many things I want to talk to you about and so Martha was like kind of essentially kind of like a blank canvas, you know, this, like, kind of she's having a fresh start and she's yeah. reinventing herself, obviously. And, um, you know, you could have chosen to take her in any kind of direction. Was there any kind of, did you like, you know, she's obviously trying to find these like things that like define her, like doing different things and yeah. experiencing different things. And I wondered whether like there was ever any, like, how, how did you play with that? You know, like was, was you could have taken her in any kind of direction and made her do any things. How much fun did you have with trying out the different things that she tried? If you see what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, because people often ask about plotting with mm. books, and what I did was I really got to know Martha. She had a pretty extensive backstory, which I wrote on massive pieces of paper and stuck all over my little living room. So I know where Martha went on holiday as a kid. I know about fights she had. So when I was deciding what she would do rather than thinking I think this should happen I was actually in a position of almost feeling like I knew her and 
what would Martha do now as opposed mm-hmm. to what is going to happen next in the story. Yeah. Um, and she is a woman who is has definitely kind of absorbed all those messages you get from women's magazines and self-help and she's kind of drunk on that and she is trying to shape herself to be in that kind of Mm -hmm. I've got everything together and those are the steps that I think that we often find ourselves taking without really considering is this me is this what I want or is this what I've been told Mm -hmm. I should do there's there's so much that I find so interesting reading about women waking up to kind of the things that we've been told that we should do and should be and should have and like and waking up to kind of what that kind of what effect that's had on us and the fact that we're only realizing it kind of like at this kind of age like there's something really interesting about that isn't there like kind of like being like oh that like having followed a specific narrative and lived your life according to a specific narrative realizing it's mostly bullshit and then having to figure out like what that there's something really exciting about that kind of waking up yeah I, i like reading about that kind of stuff like it's it's what we're all probably going through as well. It's, yeah. Just yeah. more of an observation more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what, how did you, because obviously you and Martha, the origins of your story are sort of similar to, you know, the situation that you found yourself in, which was your marriage had come to an end. And where did you, and at what stage of the writing process did you and Martha diverge and you realise, oh no, here she is. She's a different character from me. If that ever happened or did it always feel that she was I don't want to put words in your mouth (laughs) (laughs) no she's me no no um uh I think it's interesting because as I wrote the book I also changed and she it's quite a small period of time and it's a difficult period of time and as I was writing it I didn't quite realize how much of a grieving process a breakup is. Oh my gosh. Um, and so during the initial stages, I was deep in that and she does some crazy things and people have said, oh, she's really crazy. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I was there. I was just messy and getting into things. And then I moved past that and was able to reflect on it and think, what are the outcomes that I want for her and I was making better decisions so uh, I would say I evolved past Martha (laughs) Um, but she definitely represents a snapshot of something that I went through. Mm -hmm. Isn't like the the process of writing a book especially when it has got a personal element of it element in it is such a learning curve for you as a human being isn't it like that is absolutely one thing that like I, I feel like writing my book like made me grow up yeah like, and, and, and I, you know, and I wonder whether that's just something that's to do with writing something personal. Like, yeah. You, you do, you, you're, you just change as a person because you've taken that much time to examine your behaviour or, or like, you know, an element of anything. Like, it's, it is a real yeah. evolution. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we touched upon it earlier that she's, there's online dating. She tries online dating mm. as, honestly, I mean, God, Guilty. most of the population probably has as well. <laughs> Um, and in order for that to work, you've created a character, and I'm not going to give too much away here, but you've created a character with whom she only converses through message. Mm-hmm. So the only way we get to know him is through his text messages. 
I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that process because I think that is something that more and more writers are having by necessity to include in their stories because the way that we communicate has changed in real life yeah. has to be reflected in what we're writing. How did you create a character that was only ever alive in short bursts of speech? Yeah, I think um, I drew on personal experience for that because I started dating uh, very quickly after my breakup, which is a bad idea. Um, Good life advice. Yeah. And you get to see him really, not through his messages, but through what she projects onto him, which is what I did when I was dating, because you see three lines of a profile. I mean, on Tinder, there's not even any writing, really. And then you just decide who this person is. And she does that. And I think through what she has decided, you get, well to see this character so yeah it started sort of it was through martha but he does he comes alive in himself i think yeah. as well he is a character in his own right i would say oh, i good. think <laughs> but it's it is nuts isn't it the stories that we just decide for other people yeah it's really quick and it's really intense when we decide people are yeah, and, and what and what kind of narrative you just assign to people because mm. you're like well oh look he's holding a cat so this much means yeah. they're always holding a cat and they're really affectionate with animals and he really likes one and then in our house together we're gonna have two cats and oh. this is what their name is gonna be it happens <laughs> fast yeah <laughs> well i mean that's that's to do with like the sort of narratives we're told about romance and stuff like that isn't it it's mm. like what we kind of you know project but so there's been some kind of like going moving on from a question we sort of touched on earlier there's been some kind of reviews that have talked about like martha's terrible decision making and, mm. like, and, and and like and you know and it's, it's not terrible decision making it's just human decision making like we all make mistakes we all do and, like, it's not, and sometimes you need to make terrible mistakes to be able to make good ones in the future like all terrible decisions to make good decisions in the future and like you know she's she's like a, a, an every woman she's relatable like yeah. but why do you think that's kind of like where people have gone like with the reviews and yeah um i was really interested by how frustrated people became by her decision making and some of it I think is the way you become frustrated with people that you care about when you see it's so simple the thing you should be doing and you veer off in other directions so in a lot of ways I really enjoyed that because there were people who were almost felt like I'm rooting for you <laughs> and you're not doing the right thing which is what we do when we're grieving and sad and haven't quite got the tools to make clear choices yeah. and, and you also have to get to those choices on your own don't you yeah. what someone else thinks you should be deciding at a certain point you know you might be completely blind to it at that point and that's more of a realistic story and it's more it is more relatable um yeah but but i think what the auxiliary characters do mm. the characters surrounding martha is they do such a great job of suggesting things and then she tries it and then she works out exactly like Amy was saying whether that's the right fit yeah. for her and like you were saying she's very influenced by the you know the messages that we're always subjected to how did you go about creating all the other characters because that's such a rich cast of friends and family around her was there anyone who sort of came to you first and then they led on to someone else how did it how did that process work yeah, I think that her two best female friends came to me quite quickly and they're definitely um, 
an amalgamation of some of my friends and the messages that they have given me over the years. Um, and definitely Cara, who is sort of her, not the voice of reason, but she gives some strong, clear messages. I wanted someone who was going to sort of cut through the bullshit and hopefully say some of what perhaps the reader is sometimes thinking um but oh yeah I wanted her to have a really rich cast of people around her because it's not just her stories everybody gets involved when you're having a difficult time in life your family and your ex they all kind of are affected by the decisions you make and affect you Mm. And especially because she has a child yes. as well with her ex in the book, which is, I know, similar to yourself. Um, one of the things I'm always fascinated in, in, whether it's books or whether it's in films, more specifically films, is that it's difficult to always have the child present mm. because it, it because children take up so much attention and time. To always have the child present in every scene requires just you know interactions with the child which aren't necessarily that interesting to kind of watch or read or engage with how did you um make sure that Moses is is Martha's son in the book how did you make sure that he kind of came alive but also put him aside so that we could we could be with Martha and tell her story and watch her doing some more adult things yeah um but, but then bring him back I wonder sort of how he how you experienced writing a child into the story yeah one thing that I wanted to show is that we're not always brilliant mothers you can always be you always love your child but sometimes you have stuff going on and it means you're not that present and you're not that engaged and she is in a time of her life where she's a mum and she has to do it but she's just got stuff going on and she has to kind of draw on people to support her because I it and it's weird it almost felt a little bit um sort of naughty or dangerous to portray motherhood in that way because it's suggesting that it's not always this oh I'm so in love with my child so he does sort of fade in and out because that's what she's experiencing she's thinking about herself as a woman and as a sexual being not as you know a mum and a feeder and all those things so he I think he's a way of connecting her to a previous life and a life going forward and I like that he is sometimes a little bit in the background because she can't always think about being a mum all the time I think that's it's such an important portrayal of motherhood that we are so used to seeing exactly the mother you've just described, the kind of saintly, yeah. very domesticated mother. Have you had any sort of feedback on that from parents who've read it and really related to it or conversely, you know, had strong feelings on that? Yeah, both. And I have had um, mothers say to me, oh, thank you for being honest about particularly how at the beginning it can be really tough and you have expectations that it's going to be wonderful and then actually you're tired and sore and you hate the person who put you in this position (laughs) and everyone else seems to be getting it right and you're not 
um, and also how you don't always have the headspace to be the mum that you want to be or that other people think you should be. Um, and, that, and then there have been people who say, oh, I want to see her um, do more of the mothering, um, to which I respond, well, she can't right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really interesting to me the, the, the different takes people have mm. on that situation. Yeah, and because you started off as a parenting blogger, is that right? Yes. So you'd already dipped your toe into this sometimes perilous world of writing for parents about parenting. Yeah, and the reason that I started my blog was I was uh, at home with my son, so you look on the internet for how to do this, because that's <laughs> the place to get it from. And I just found all the blogs really intimidating because they were just like, I wake up and we have a jam jar full of green juice and there's roses everywhere and then we do some educational and everything's glossy and they're all wearing white. And I'm like, how do you wear white with a small child? This is ridiculous. And I wanted to present something that said, you're okay. You're doing okay. Is your kid vaguely happy 70% of the time? Great. Keep going. Yeah. Something realistic rather than like this kind of like this thing that would like create people, you know, compare every, everything that is out has been out there is a chance for us to compare ourselves and to think that we're not. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that's so it seems like the whole kind of book is very much about kind of just presenting a realistic picture of a woman that's flawed, that's going through some stuff, that's in a sort of like an emotional whirlwind. Yeah. Like, it's just like how refreshing to, did you, how did you, obviously, having when we're talking about those kind of narratives of like the kind of traditional kind of things and then and then you trying to write a narrative that kind of defies those traditional narratives or kind of picks them apart how did you find that process because like if you've kind of been influenced by those things but you're trying to write something different yeah how did you like how did you work through that I think it was easy to get into a headspace of when you realize that that's all a bit of a lie because that's where I was mm. because I had the husband had the beautiful brown baby I had the house by the sea and then it was gone and I realized that all the things I were aiming for hadn't necessarily come from within me so I understood what it was like to be in a situation like she is where you are aiming for something that isn't even necessarily real or true for you yeah that's it yeah. having that perspective is obviously going to make you write a different make, write, yeah yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's lovely to see martha evolve and go through those processes herself and the book is also really funny it's really Thanks. really funny <laughs> it's really laugh out loud on the tube kind of stuff did you were you aware that you would because there are some j- jokes in there i would say some lines that kind of feel very very that really made me laugh out loud i wondered a if you were laughing partly as you wrote it did you ever find yourself laughing whilst you wrote it and did you plan to kind of write something that was funny or did you just write martha and she is naturally funny uh, I remember when I was writing, thinking, how would I tell this story if I was in the pub with a bottle of wine telling it to my mates? And you do this thing where you take something that is maybe a bit painful or a bit embarrassing, um, but you give it a bit of spin and kind of make it entertaining. And that was the vibe that I wanted 
in the book. And I think that humour, or the best humour, is always in failure and Mm -hmm. the awkward moments. So I was naturally trying to create that dynamic of when you are kind of with your friends, laughing at yourself and at life. And I, as I said, I was dating at the time and there were just so many dates where I thought, uh, this has to be a story <laughs> because otherwise <laughs> I don't know what this means for me. <laughs> take, take it on your like, recorder and be like, yeah. <laughs> give me some material. Do you mind me just recording this? <laughs> <laughs> well, it works really well. And if you didn't set out to deliberately write comedy, mm. I think it's worked incredibly well as a very uplifting and very funny book so congratulations (laughs) and you also you were you kind of the way that you came to write the book or you know the kind of your journey towards publication maybe we could just speak a little bit about that that would be i'll let you tell it in your own words because like you were chosen as one of the 12 writers to receive a mentorship as part of penguins right now scheme yeah so maybe you could just tell us a little bit about that and then yeah your journey your journey yeah so the right now scheme um I saw it on Twitter, as you do. Um, at the time, I was just online searching for... I think I was searching for information about novels by black writers and they had linked something in with it. And I had started this book around the same time, really. And I thought, oh, why not? And I was in a very why not period of my life because I just had this breakup and I was thinking oh what have I got to lose about everything and so I applied for it and the process was that you are matched with an editor who edits or publishes books in your genre and I just had this really amazing experience with Francesca Best where she helped initiate me into this industry because it was like getting a new job in my late 30s and I was like where's the photocopier I don't understand (laughs) and it was a really kind gentle way of bringing someone in and helping to champion new writing Mm, because there's an emphasis on diversity with the right now scheme as well isn't there and when you were talking about you know you look at parenting you know it's a good analogy the parenting um, blogs and stuff and everyone looks so glossy and it's so perfect and I think there is a real there's a bit of a perception of what an author looks like yes as well sadly that is often middle class and white and male often a lot of the time although there's you know numerous female ones lot of numerous white (laughs) ones but uh, you know do you feel that the industry is starting to diversify a little bit how do you feel as a black woman writing in an industry that, and especially publishing, mm. is quite dominated, you know, it's quite a sort of white demographic? Yeah, and I think that I didn't think about it too much before the scheme came about, and probably people don't. And that's a problem because people have so many stories to tell I'm just greedy I want as many stories as possible and if as many different people tell their stories we're going to get so much richness in writing but I definitely did not see myself as a person who publishes books not in a conscious way just in a no that's not for me I'll I'll find another way to write Um, and now I just want to tell people if you have a book or you want to see it as a job 
go through the steps to make it happen because there isn't a reason why you can't do it as much as the next person. It's often just that belief that's standing in the way and that's what the scheme has given for so many people. Just, oh, I'm a writer. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it, and that's the beauty of a book that it's A, it's a story. It's not the person who's written it. You're reading their story. Yeah. And also you're not engaging with the writer. You're engaging with their work. And yeah. That's why writing actually is and should be one of the things that is should be open to everybody and anyone can get a pen and a paper bit of paper yeah. and start writing a story yeah you know it sounds like people like we i think, think a lot of writers seem to have this kind of um or aspiring authors or whatever seem to have this real thing with like getting to a point where they had to finally identify themselves as a writer yes. before they would even give themselves kind of permission to do it and like people tell us they're kind of like the re- the moment that that kind of happened and like and it's i think everyone needs to have a moment when they're just actually like they they feel like they've got permission from someone to do it and like but that's is that what do you find did you feel that that's what the scheme gave you yes definitely yeah did you did you submit kind of a a certain amount of content or did they need is that what kind of happened like you had some you had some of the book written and you submitted well the initial application was the first chapter okay which is more or less the first chapter of the book and then there was another stage and you submitted a bit more and so it was a nice slow process that allowed you to develop your book which is the other thing I had someone else to be accountable to because Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the hardest things about writing just making yourself do it and thinking oh yeah I have an end goal and that's why I should keep going I think if I hadn't have found right now I'm fairly sure that the book would have found its way to a draw half done um only because i wouldn't have had the belief that it could be published mm. oh, I'm yeah. so, well we're so glad you found it yeah <laughs> um, and so what's what's next for you is are we going to see more of martha or are you working on something else please say you're working on something else i am i'm writing my second novel cool um which hopefully will be out next year maybe very exciting can you give us a bit of a teaser of what it's about (laughs) it's about another mother but she's in a different stage of life her children are older and she's wondering if she missed out on anything um by settling down and becoming a mother um She's in her late 30s and she's thinking, hmm, what could have been? Interesting. Oh, it sounds such an interesting person. Just one, just one, yeah. one last question. Um, like, so you were saying earlier about, um, I, I'm such a weirdo about when it comes to like knowing what writer, how writer's process is. Like the idea of you kind of writing all these characters down on like big pieces of paper, mm. like all of the background and that kind of stuff and just sticking it all over the walls. Like, can you give us a glimpse into kind of like a day in the life of, of writing? Or like, do you, do, you, do, you kind of, do you have a routine that you stick to or that you're rigid with or... What's your writing routine? I think I'm definitely still a writing work in progress. So (laughs) I have, because I work part-time in care, I have set days when I write and that's helpful because I know you have to write these days, otherwise the writing isn't happening. So usually I take my son to school and then I come back and then I have two coffees. It has to be two, otherwise (laughs) no writing is done. Um, And then I just try and write something 
for a while. And then if it's not happening, I do have diversionary tactics of Mm -hmm. research and getting to know my characters. Because I find the more I get to know them, the easier it flows. Um, And then by afternoon, I'm kind of burnt out. So it stops then. Yeah, research is a... backstory is like a real a real suck but like at the same time so essential because yeah. you need to know their motivations and you know and then yeah I, some of the stuff I research some of the things I google like, but like I can't you're think probably, of any of examples you're on some watch list somewhere <laughs> yeah, <probably. laughs> and I think people are just going to think I'm always googling the different gladiators that were on the tv show like that's always on my list of <laughs> that's my not books, books and I'm just though, like well nah, just want to know what Wolf's doing now <laughs> running he's a quite, gym in New Zealand actually he's quite prolific yeah he's done quite well um, Charlene thank you so much for coming in to talk to us um, Reinvention of Martha Ross is obviously out now and it's really fantastic and we wish you all thank you the Riff Raff podcast is hosted by co-founders Amy Baker and Rosie Edwards come say hey at the-riffraff.com Rosie and I just wanted to thank you all so much for listening. We're so incredibly grateful. So please do let us know what you think, what you'd like more of, and any debut authors you'd like to hear from. Also, it would be really lovely if you could subscribe and give us a review so we can spread the word and give these marvellous debut authors the exposure they deserve.